Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches in PR and marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. plays such a strong part in attracting your key audience and positioning your products. But what if you've fallen out of love with your branding or you feel you have outgrown it? I'm chatting with expert Isa Chung about branding, but particularly rebranding. Thanks very much, Isa, for joining me today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So talk to us a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, so I am a designer. I have been in the design industry for nearly 15 years now. I've been designing in-house and in design studios uh, in London. And I had been wanting to start my own business for a little while, start my own studio. So in 2018, I got made redundant, decided to go on holiday. And then that was the best thing that happened to me. I came back and now here nearly five years into running my own design studio. So really exciting and also really love what I do in terms of the type of clients I get and um, the projects as well. And uh, you have a lovely handwriting. I really love the way you use color. And I mean, one of the things that attracted me to you was your branding. And I think that's, (laughs) you know, key that people understand how powerful it is. And you work on a lot of different things with your clients and your, you know, with your clients and with branding. But when should people rebrand? So I think there are different triggers, I guess, when you need to start thinking whether or not you should. So first one is when you're attracting the wrong type of customers. So when you're when you're like, oh no, like these people are buying, but they're complaining about this or they don't like this. And so if there are red flags around that, around your customers, that's one reason. Another would be if you aren't standing out in the market. So you're you're kind of in the sea of saying that your competitors are doing the same thing as you, then it becomes almost like a pricing war, right? Price down to the bottom because everyone's similar. So yeah, so if you're not standing out, that's another sign. And then if your products have shifted, like if you change your product, if you've shifted to a slightly different market, whether it's demographic or location, it might be time to think, oh, does this actually still, does my branding still actually work um, within, within this market? And then the last one is if your purpose and your values change, Right. If if you yourself aren't happy doing what you do, or you're like, oh, I'm actually not passionate about this anymore. I'm passionate about like this thing, even if it's just changing an angle, for example, like, oh, now really into sustainability, for example, your branding might not reflect that. Um, so then you might want to think about rebranding. And I think as well, what can happen when people are first starting out of business? I mean, I love, I think it's so important, but for some people may not place that same kind of importance when they're first starting out. So they, they're they're being very lean and maybe for them brand, they've not invested in branding because they've had to spend, they've spent a lot of money on the product themselves or whatever. And I think it's when you've to kind of play bigger to position yourself as well, you know, and to really be like, right, okay, we need to get serious now because we're in it for the longer haul or, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I've seen is, for example, like you said, you know, they 
it's you start lean, you do your own branding, you're like, okay, this will do for now. And then some of my clients, they come to me and they're like, oh, I want to get into a retailer, for example. That's what I'm speaking to someone with right now. It's like my branding or my packaging isn't quite premium enough for the retailer to accept me in, into the into the shop. So that's another reason. It's like get yourself to the next level to be able to be with the big boys, I guess. <laughs> yeah, to play in a bigger pool. And exactly. From a trend point of view, and you mentioned it in terms of when you're not standing out, because often you can you can start and be quite original, but then things everyone could start doing very similar or you know how does does that take a like in terms of for trend you might start out and you're standing out but then everyone's starting Mm -hmm. same thing is that generally going to happen or in the long run or not I think as long as you're sticking to your positioning your unique point of view copycats can't take that away from you Mm -hmm. so there's a line between changing it all up because other people are copying you or everyone's doing the same thing now and keeping to your core and your values. And I think sometimes there might be tweaks that you want to make to kind of be slightly different or stay on top of what you think is important. Mm. But I don't think people jumping on a trend is is a reason to kind of radically change what, what you're doing. I think it's almost you have to double down on what you're doing and what you stand for and make your brand be embody you know everything that you're about Um, and I think that will still make you stand out from the competition especially if they're trying to copy you and it doesn't have to be a huge three it doesn't have to be a 360 or even a 180 it can be that yeah exactly change like if people think of like you know M&S is a very well-known UK brand what it used to be I mean, obviously, it's very different now to, I remember when I was young and going to St. Michael's, you know, and the the logo at the back of the M&S was, it was St. Michael. This is a long, long time ago. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it was Mark Suspenses and then it became M&S. And then, and sometimes they just changed their logo slightly and the font got thicker or the it got thinner or, you know. So for people listening, you don't have to do a three, a full 360, 180. It can be additional colors. It can be a font, in, introducing a font yeah. or something like that. They can just refresh it, can't it? Yeah, it's, it's refreshing, you know, like you said, adding a color or even just using more of one color, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like, oh, if you have a, if you have a color palette, you have a suite of colors and you're just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to emphasize this blue. Like I'm going to make this my color and the other things are just accents. It's still the same color palette, but then you have, you have an emphasis. So it, it's shifting those types of things. Like you said, changing an accent font, for example, that would again just just refresh it give it a little bit of a boost and hopefully that will give you the brand recognition but also give you a little bit of motivation and inspiration as well because sometimes you know you do feel like oh a bit stagnant now like I, I kind of feel that about my brand now a little bit so I'm like oh what can I do to like refresh it a little bit is it like for me I'm thinking about like the shape that I'm using like maybe I can make it more fun and and represent like donuts and you know different <laughs> food things right like just little things like that for for me for motivation and inspiration as well and um, so yeah and so where so if, if people feel like like you talked about that they're you know they're not standing out or they not attracting the customer they want or they they feel that they need to step it up a bit now where should they start in ter- when they're looking at their brand what should they be looking at 
they should be looking at strategy <laughs> first and foremost. So have a look at everything, right? Your customers, your competitors, you yourself, your products, what's working, what's not working. Once you start pinpointing those things, you can then see what changes you need to make. So is it something visual that's not eye-catching enough for customers? Or like we said, oh, are you not standing up from your customers, from your competitors? So those types of things would inform what you need. So if people are thinking about rebranding then, where should they start? So I think strategy is the most important part. So you need to know your point of view, who you are, and then you can look at everything within your brand, like you know what your customers are gravitating towards or not gravitating towards, what your competitors are doing, what your products are like. Those types of things, if you look at those and then see what's working and what's not working, you'll be able to pinpoint what you need to change. So it's about identifying what things do you need to pivot away from or make changes to. Like we said earlier, it's not necessarily 360. It's about refreshing things to make it work for you. And knowing your point of view and knowing what your goals are, are super important to be able to make the right decisions. So, you know, you might be like, oh, I want to change your color, but why? Right. It's like, why are we doing this? Is it because it's not attracting the right people? Or is it just because you're bored of your color palette? (laughs) There's a difference there, right? So that's one of the, the main things, I think. Like figure out your goals so then you can figure out what you need to do to get to that goal. And you mentioned color there as well. Like how important is color for branding? I think it's super important. I think color, typography, those types of things can really evoke personality. So if you get that right, people will be like, oh yeah, I know what you're about. Mm. I, you know, you don't want people to be like, oh, I thought they were a really premium, elegant brand. But then my experience with them is completely different, even though they look one way and the experience is the other. We need to make sure that both of them, basically, and color really helps to do that. And when people are choosing colors, to say if they're, give me kind of some examples. So if I am a kid's baby, a baby brand, so kid's brand, what kind of colors would, and I know there'll be thing, other things you'd be like, well, are you sustainable? Are you, you know... (laughs) What yeah. market you play in? What kind of colors would you say would work for a brand like that? I would say let's use the kind of two sides to it, right? If you're a really kind of natural, sustainable, calm, you know, organic baby brand, you would use more neutral colors like taupe and light yellow, like maybe more pastely, um, softer colors. And then if you were like a really fun kids like you know really energetic baby brand then you'd be like okay well I want all the bright colors in there it Mm. it might be you know bright blues and bright purples and bright pinks and you know that gives that vibrancy so there's different it is is that and I think it's the whole thing together isn't it but yes yeah color one of the things that people might see first and Mm -hmm. emotion or that personality of the brand and how do you suggest to people to position their brands so i think again it goes back to what's important to you and then you also need to understand where your competitors sit because you don't want to again be in this sea of same so if you analyze what your competitors are doing and then understand where your values are you can almost always find a gap to position yourself in that sweet spot. So if you're like, okay, well, I'm going to be 
expensive because I want to be premium, but all your competitors look, you know, in that gold, typical like golden black realm of their branding. You might be like, well, I was, I still want to be premium, but I want to stand out. So I'm going to use a different color palette. Still gives off that feeling, but that makes me different from what, what other people are doing. So yeah. finding that sweet spot for you is the way to, to start doing that. Again, it's competitors, customers, and you yourself, like as a brand, what do you stand for? I think that that's kind of like the trifecta um, yeah. of, of finding your kind of sweet spot. Yeah. And as a with brand identity, then how, what are the questions that people should ask themselves to help understand what their brand identity is? I think understanding what you need, because I think um, a lot of people are like, okay, well, I need a brand identity. I need a logo. I need business cards. Um, I need uh, packaging and I need like an email signature, for example. I think one of the main things to do is to actually step back. Again, going back to the strategy, look at your customer journey and figure out the most important touch points to list out what you need, because it might not be like the standard package that someone offers. It might, you know, don't just get business cards because you think, oh, a business needs business cards. Like, would your customers actually pick one up? Or would you even have an opportunity to give your customer a business card? Like, those are the things that you need to ask yourself. Like, where are they going to see you? Where are you going to be visible to them? And that's how you define what you need for your brand identity. And what are the common branding mistakes for people to avoid? What are the things that uh, you, you go, oh, they nearly nailed it. <laughs> you know, I think first thing is not having a brand strategy. <laughs> I know I'm going on and on about brand strategy, but if you don't know where you want to go, you're not going to be making the right decisions in terms of branding. I think another common branding mistake is to assume that once you've got your logo, your color palette and type of typography that's it like you're done it's something that you need to review something that you need to look into to see if they're connecting with your customers how you're doing against competitors and, and your own values as well i think following trends so following trends and copying competitors that's like another mistake i see a lot of branding studios for example they all have a very similar style and, and you can't tell one from the other so that's again another thing making sure you stand out. Um, I think another branding mistake is to not review it at all. Like like I said in the beginning, sorry, I think I've just repeated myself, but like one and done and, and then not looking at it again means that you stay stagnant and you're not evolving. Like even if you know your products are evolving and your business is moving forward, if you don't look at your branding alongside it, then it's like, okay, well, you're kind of leaving that behind and then it becomes a big thing that you need to address again like you know a few years into the future for example and i think another thing is when people when you think about copywriting people don't think that's branding but in a sense it's about bringing out your personality and it's it's the whole experience so copywriting and how you talk to customers if you're in like brick and mortar how you write your emails how your emails look and feel all those things are part of branding so i think yeah, being able to think about it in an all-encompassing way is is one of the main things to do. And how often, and you talked about reviewing there, how often would you suggest for people to review? I would say every six months or so. You know, it's not going to be, you don't, we might not need to change anything. 
yeah. in six months, but it gives you enough time to implement what you've reviewed before and then see what's working and see what's not. You might just need a small tweak. You might not need to tweak anything. But then again, that means you don't leave it for years and then come back and be like, oh no, I need to do this huge rebrand, huge thing. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And then I need everything to basically start from scratch. So yeah, I think six months or so is a good is a good cadence. And can you talk through some examples of clients you've worked with and then you know the changes that they made when they rebranded and what how that then has helped their brand? Yeah. So um the most recent project that I've done was with Rachel Emma Waring and she's a creative marketing consultant. So the main thing we worked on in terms of what we started with strategy first and clarity on the big picture was one of the big things. There's so much more clarity in what she does and how she does it. So then she can share it confidently and also be able to talk about it without being wishy-washy or not knowing what's going on. It's like, oh, well, these are the things I offer and these that's these are the people who I offer it to. And then it's also, I think it helps her find her unique point of view again, to help her stand out. So her updated visuals were actually a huge hit, but we, it wasn't a big change. It was, you know, the saturation of some colors that she had. It was she's still very colorful change of font. And so it changes the emphasis on the personality. So before she was very bright and colorful and still creative. And now it's still the same things, but there's a slight sophistication to it. There's more boldness to it as well. So that made her uh, kind of boosted her and made her stand out a little bit more as well. And I think um, it re-energizes yeah. you as a brand as well. Exactly. More confidence to be like, yeah, this is who I am. This is where I'm, what I'm standing for. And you just get out there a bit more, I think, once you've got. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you're clear on how you help people. So it's like, well, this is what I do. And this is what I can do for you. And just knowing that it's like, yeah, I can, I can. And then with the refreshed visuals, it's like, yeah, I can talk about it. I can, I can tell people about it in this way. And like you've said, it's reinvigorating and it's, it's also motivating to have something fresh to use. And speaking as an ex-buyer, branding was so key. You could have the, you know, I remember having meetings with, with brands who wanted to be stocked in the retail that I was working with or wanted to work with whatever, uh, with us in the business and the product could be amazing but if yeah. the branding just like oh it's just it's so good but your brand is really weak and we can't you know and I think it's really good for people to see do that exercise if they want to be in a retailer to go and have a look at the other brands that are there and how where would they be positioned if it's kind of like when you yeah there's a branding exercise of a supermarket shelf isn't there yes so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite things to do, especially when I travel, is to go to a supermarket <laughs> to basically look at their shelves, see what they're doing, go to a retailer in, in your industry and, and look at the shelves, see what other people are doing. Again, how are you going to stand out in there? But what is it that they're doing that you're not doing? Learn from what's there. Um, I think a lot of times now it's like, oh, it's all online, but still it needs to it needs to look good on the virtual shelves too, right? Like you want to catch people's attention. You want people to be like, oh yeah, that's interesting. That looks good because they can't physically touch or try your, your product. So do both. I would say go into physical shops, have a look, see what other people are doing, see, learn from it, you know, pick out, oh, I like that color or everything's white here. Maybe mine should be a pop of color 
in there so that it stands out from other people that are on the shelf and troll the internet see, yeah. see what other shops look like see what they're doing how how they're pulling people in like what hooks they're using as well and I think that's that's super useful one thing that I did with Rachel was also to work on the flow of her website to categorize what she did better and lead people to either products or booking um, sessions with her so different people obviously have different needs but then having that clarity and being like oh if this is you go here if this is you go here that would really help guide people and then ultimately buy from you like one of the first things we we saw was when we updated and refreshed the website there were some 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 sales of some of her templates and some of her um, video workshops that you know sold straight away and you're just like oh okay it's because people could find them really easily now because they knew where to go and what they needed from her. Yeah. And which do you, and I, I think you'll probably say all of them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Often, which do you, if people, do you, has the, do you think has the biggest impact, like typography and font or color when you're changing something? I would say color. If I had to choose, I would say color. I yeah. mean, not, I don't know. That's a really good I mean, it's only like it's only like what, which is your favorite child? You know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they work, the, the thing is, they work hand in hand, right? Like, if you have a really colorful palette that's like really bright and vibrant, and then you have a really traditional, you know, Times New Roman old school yeah, font, yeah. Yeah. then it's like, well, that that doesn't match. So it's actually about harmony between the two, uh, yeah. between themselves and between the two. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so no, it is a difficult thing to choose. I mean, I, I, you know, when I think back to, there's a lot of fashion brands that just use black and white, and but and mm-hmm. they'll they'll stay with their black and white because that's what they've positioned themselves as, and you know that's what they what they want to use. Why do a lot of fashion brands just use black and white? Is there a particular reason? I think because that gives them more flexibility in terms of showcasing their clothes, because clothes, you know, you can have loads of different colors. And then you don't want your brand to clash with them. So the safe route is to go black and white. But yeah. then that does sometimes it will take away the personality if, yeah. you, if you go that safe route. But there are ways to get around it. Like, you know, like typography is, is a big yeah. thing if you're staying with a monochrome palette or you just somehow segment it. So, you know, you do make sure that when you're doing fashion shoots and shots in, with models and, and the clothes, you don't put your branding like right there because you're like, okay, well, that pattern doesn't work with our brand colors, that kind of thing. And there, there are ways to do. You can use a white logo when you have loads of colorful things, like things like yeah, that. Reverse it out. And I know, like Burberry, exactly. Burberry changed theirs quite recently, but it was like literally, it is just tweaks of the font, you know. Yes. Yeah. And I, that probably took six months. They probably spent thousands and thousands and thousands and had reiterations of it, you know, to decide yeah. what to do. Because it is, it's such, I mean, I do, I love branding. It's such, I find it really key to, for me, when, if you're starting out, that's something that I would, def, I would definitely invest in, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like walking on the high street and like your branding is, is your window dressing. You won't go into the shop unless something that's catches true. your eye. So it, it's that initial impression. It's like you said, in, in terms of being on shelves, if you don't stand out, if someone's not like, oh, I want to look and see what what this product is and have a look at it more closely then you know how good your product is doesn't matter at that point because people aren't picking it up and aren't looking at it 
Yeah. And how can people work with you, Isa? Uh, so they can work with me via a brand recipe session. And that's where we do a brand strategy uh, video call, um, which is an hour and a half. And then I write a recommendation of what they should do next. All the information is on my website. So my website is studiokoya.com. And then you can find me on Instagram as well, which is instagram.com slash studiokoya, um, C-O-Y-A. And yeah, so if you know, have any questions, just message me. Like My email and, and my uh, inbox and DMs are always open. Um, yeah, those links will be in the show notes. And I know that your website talks mainly about you working kind of food, a lot of food and drink, but you do a broader range than that as well. Don't you? Yes, I mean I love branding and I love food, so I decided to match the two together. Um, yeah. But I do work with uh, all small businesses, basically mostly small creative businesses, uh, because that's kind of my background. Product, product and service. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Thanks so much for joining. Great. And I will be back again next week with another great guest. And if you have enjoyed today's episode, then please leave a review so that more people can find the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. If you've enjoyed today, I would love for you to leave a review and I will see you again next week. If you'd like to hear more from me, your host, Nicole Higgins, you can follow me on Instagram at The Buying Retail Coach. Check out my website, www.thebuyingretailcoach.com or find me on LinkedIn. All the links are below in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter, The Step, for lots of helpful tips and advice.